Hello everyone and welcome to The Stage You Place, the podcast where we here chat to those who work behind the scenes in theatre to create the magic that you see on stage. And on today's episode, I am joined by Katie Richardson, a musical director who is currently working on Bonnie and Clyde at the Garrick Theatre in London. I was lucky enough to chat with Katie recently as she popped out of rehearsals for Bonnie and Clyde and I'm very excited to share with you that interview right now. So enjoy. Hello Katie and welcome to the Stagey Place. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm good thank you. How are you? I am very good thank you. I think we both just jumped out of rehearsals for our own separate projects. You were just talking (laughs) about you've just jumped out of rehearsals for Bonnie and Clyde. Tell us a little bit about how today's been going. Yeah it's been going well. We're currently working through Act 2 which for those of you that don't know the show is when things sort of start to take a turn for the worse. So yeah it's good. It's, it's, um, It's really fun to get a chance at doing it again after being able to do it last year. So yeah, yeah. lots of fun. Yeah, so because obviously Bonnie and Clyde has had a couple of here and there in the West End at the Arts Theatre and now at the Garrick Theatre. How does it change between venues for you as a musical director? In terms of the changes between venues for us, sometimes it can affect us quite a lot when the orchestration changes. So, for example, from the concert we did last year at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane, we recorded the original nine-piece orchestration. But then to go to the Arts Theatre, because it was a lot smaller, we used seven pieces. So we had to work quite hard and trying to make the score sound as similar as possible, but with fewer musicians. So at the Garrick, we're actually keeping the same number of musicians as the Arts Theatre. So that bit's sort of already done, but they're in a different place. The cast is bigger, so it's affected harmony splits and things like that, as well as there being different actors. So yeah, it it always changes more than you think. (laughs) Well, we'll talk a little bit more in today's episode about being a musical director and what the difference is between a musical director and a musical supervisor. But first of all, Katie, what we love to hear about from all of our guests who come onto the podcast is where they found their love for theatre and how they got into the career that they are in today. So Katie, for you, where did theatre start for you? And then when did you decide to become a musical director? Yeah, nice. I love that question. Well, I grew up in a town, well, in a village very close to Stratford-Avon. And I went to school in Stratford-Avon, which is the home of the Royal Shakespeare Company. So uh, I always say there was maybe something stagey in the water there. We had a really good deal that if you were a local resident and under 18, you can get tickets for £3.50 for any performance. We used to do that quite a lot. But when I, I think my mum first took me to the theatre to see Midsummer Night's Dream when I was five or something. I was very small. I don't remember it, but she says I was very well behaved. So I guess that sort of started it off. And um, the first one that I really do remember is when I was a bit older, maybe nine or 10, we went to see the RSC's production of The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe play, um, which was all people sort of dressed as animals, sort of puppets combination, playing all the animals. And we went on Christmas Eve and at the end of the performance, all the actors came front of house to meet the children. And I vaguely remember still like meeting the unicorns and stuff like that. So, I think that was probably the thing as a child that really sort of gave me the bug. And then in terms of musicals specifically, I was taken to see Chicago on the West End when I was maybe 13 or 14. I think that was my first West End musical. And I think that's really where it took off from there straight away. Just like, I want to do that. We rented film with Catherine Zeta-Jones in and watched it so many times. And yeah, and I think basically from then on, was I realised that was what I wanted to do. So tell us a little bit about your training then for people who might be listening to this and want to, you know, train in being a musical director or musical supervisor. What kind of courses should they be looking out for? I think the, the most important thing is to get learned and practicing the piano as soon as possible. I actually started when I was five and a lot of professional musical directors that I know started at a similar age. But 
not all of them. I know some people that started much later, like 15, 16. So yeah, it's not like all is lost. That is the best way because you, you just have to play piano in rehearsals and you have to be particularly able to be flexible, make adjustments and sight read things. So a high level of keyboard proficiency is definitely really important. And then getting a bit older, I did, you know, music GCSE, music A-level, as well as all my piano grades. And then I did music at university. Again, not everyone does that. I know some people that did physics or whatever and ended up being a musical director. I find it very helpful because you get a great understanding of lots of different styles, but also a very analytical understanding, which is something that we have to apply to helping along music that affects narrative which is essentially our main job in a musical and then after that I went to Mountview Academy and did their postgraduate course in musical direction so a bit more vocational training again not all musical directors do that but I found that to be really helpful because it was exactly that vocational training for this exact position so anyone that's looking to be a musical director that kind of that can afford to go there and thinks that they might be interested in it I would really recommend it and there's a few different courses around the country yeah and obviously people may know you as a musical director people may know you as a musical supervisor what are the differences between the two and can you tell us a little bit about the shows that you've done in both roles yeah I think it's quite a commonly misunderstood position in theatre actually because musical director sometimes sounds like it might be higher up the hierarchy than a musical supervisor but actually it's the other way around so musical supervisor is technically I I try really not to be hierarchical in my work but technically the head of music department so it's sort of the equivalent level to the director and the choreographer what comes with that is a lot of creative choices to make and a lot of people management and actually a lot of hiring but you choose who is the orchestrator who is the fixer who is the musical director sometimes who the musicians are sometimes you have a say in who the sound designer is you know there's quite a lot of those sort of management decisions that have to be made but also when it comes to the day-to-day creating of a show a lot of the times the musical supervisor also does say the vocal arrangement is deciding who sings what harmony sometimes you make up the underscore and things like that so you have a lot of say in the show is actually going to sound like it in the end the musical director it's sort of the next one down, if you want to look at it that way. Um, and they are much more the day-to-day running of the music department of a musical. So they're the person that takes the vocal warm-up every day for the actors, physically conducts the show most days, so conducts the band and singers, gets the show from A to B all in one piece, and again, has a hand in the day-to-day management. So that's a lot more about helping the understudies be ready for their performances, dealing with problems as they come up in the theatre building, things like that. Obviously, when you're creating a show like this, the music supervisor and the musical director work together very closely for example Nick Wasso is the MD of Bonnie and Clyde we've worked together very closely on this and there's some bits of underscore that's been his idea some that have been mine so we're quite collaborative but when it gets to the show opening I won't be there every day and he will be so that's basically the difference yeah and obviously we must talk about recognition for your role so last year you were nominated for best musical director at the what's on stage awards you were speaking earlier on about how sometimes a musical director and a musical supervisor may not really be recognized sometimes what's it like to get recognition not just awards but you know to really be recognized in the industry I mean it's amazing I think I think particularly from when I was younger it was all I really wanted to do and at that time there were no female role models they were all male role models so I kind of don't really know how I ended up doing it to be honest when I I look at other people I think you have to see it to be it but I am very grateful that I have managed to get to a point when I have professional credits at all let alone West End credits and I'm able to be paid to do something I love it was the first ever year last year was 
the first ever year that there was a Best Musical Direction or Supervision Award at the Watson Stage Awards. To be one of those nominees was extremely overwhelming, particularly as it was for Rent, which is my favourite musical. And I think like, you know, 15 year old me would only dreamed one day of being able to MD it. Yeah. So it really meant a lot. And so tell me a little bit about that now, with Rent being a musical that you absolutely loved and you never dreamed of doing it. When you get given a role like that and you're off to Manchester and doing it at the Hope Mill Theatre, tell me a little bit about how you start the orchestrations on the show like that. Well, that one was a funny one because I worked with Luke Shepard a few years ago and we're friends. So so when he called me to say, like, how do you feel about Rent? I basically just bit his hand off and was like, oh, my God, yes, please let me do it. So that was kind of amazing. And, and working at the Hope Mill is it's an amazing place to work. It, it's totally different to what we do in the West End with commercial theatre. It's a lot more community focused and I I just felt that was a perfect fit for Rent, which is essentially a show about community. So the orchestrations are already done because they're the, the original Broadway orchestration. So a lot of that job is quite different to what we're doing with Bonnie and Clyde, which is very adaptive as we're currently working with the writers who are still with us and still very heavily involved. But Rent is an interesting piece because Jonathan Larson, if anyone listening doesn't know, died in very tragic circumstances. He had a aneurysm after the Broadway dress rehearsal. So he never saw a performance of rent on Broadway so because of that the Larson estate who now look after the show are super protective over it understandably you know it's his family that run the estate and in a normal previews process for a big musical there's all sorts of changes made I mean we've only got three previews of Bonnie and Clyde this year because we did it last year but with a big new opening there's often two weeks of previews and on Broadway sometimes they have four five six weeks it's a long time before the official press night to allow them to fix bits see what works with the audience but because of the fact that Jonathan Larson died the night before the first preview they didn't change it at all during the previews there were no cuts made all of that so because of that respectfully it is sort of an imperfect piece and that's what I love about it so much and so it was kind of a special challenge with that one which is we have to be absolutely true to the original and to Jonathan Larson's intentions whilst also wanting to make our own version of it and putting our own spin of it so it was an interesting one but with something like Bonnie and Clyde we changed the script we changed the score we changed the orchestration we changed everything that we want to change but Jonathan Larson and Rent meant that we didn't change anything (laughs) so it, it became all about you know how we wanted to stage it and like the focuses of the music and the stylistic choices and uh, a lot of our casting choices, I think, really informed what we did. So, yeah, that one is an interesting one because of yeah. its history. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is an incredible story. And like you say, to be able to do it and to be able to, you know, really pay respect to the to the material yeah. whilst bringing it to the Hope Mill. It was a wonderful thing. And I saw that production at the Hope Mill and just absolutely loved it. You did? Uh, yeah, I oh, did. Yeah, yeah. I, I did come up and see it. It was my first ever trip to Manchester as well. Yeah. And it was just a really, really lovely production. So it's nice to hear you talk about that. So, Katie, for people who are listening to this episode today, and we spoke a little bit about it earlier on, about what people should be doing if they want to become a musical director. It might be kind of the same answer, but for people listening to this episode and wanting advice on how to step foot into being a musical director, what advice would you be giving them? Or what advice would you say give your younger self who was stepping forwards into this industry? Yeah, okay. So for prospective MDs, I think practice piano as much as you have time for. And I used to hate piano practice. So I would definitely say that to my younger self too, because it will pay off later. 
and it gets harder the older you get and the other thing I would say that I think people sometimes overlook is listen to as much music as you can and as much different styles of music as you can because in our job we sometimes you know have to play in the style of Duke Ellington or in the style of Ariana Grande or whatever it's it's very very varied so don't discount the style of music just because it's not your favorite other than that I think the most important thing is to work hard and be consistently kind to people and I truly truly think that will get you a lot of places and people sometimes forget about that second part so yeah work hard and be nice to people is my mantra yeah amazing well thank you for that advice Katie and thank you for coming on to talk about being a musical director and a musical supervisor before I let you go today I've got one final question for you and it's the title of this podcast and that is the stagey place and what I love to know about all of my guests is whereabouts their stagey places so Katie for you this could be the RSC where you saw that production of Lion Witch in the Wardrobe and you met the cast afterwards it could be the Hope Mill Theatre where you did Rent it could be the Garrick Theatre it could be the Arts Theatre it could be anywhere that you've maybe done a production but Katie Richardson whereabouts is your <laughs> stagey place? Do I have to choose one? You can have multiple if you want to I don't know. <laughs> okay because there's a couple a couple that spring to mind so firstly big shout out to Playbox Theatre which is a youth theatre company in Warwick they have their own theatre I trained there when I was at secondary school and the musical theatre teacher I had there, Salman Pollard, who is now, I think he's the International Associate Director for Billy Elliot now. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't do this job because he put he pushed me to do it. So firstly, that place. Secondly, I am going to say the Hope Mill Theatre because that was the most special contract and it's the most special place. Creating a show about a pandemic in a pandemic when we prior to that all thought we would never work again was probably the most special and on I feel honored to have had that experience and thirdly I'm gonna have to say the arts theater Great. because like it or loathe it I've got a history with that building yeah some shows are pretty well there so it has yeah. to be there <laughs> well Katie once again thank you so much for coming on to the stage of place to talk about being a musical director musical supervisor you are currently working on Bonnie and Clyde which is coming to the Garrick Theatre in the West End Katie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. And there we go. That was my interview with musical director Katie Richardson, who is currently working on Bonnie and Clyde in the heart of the West End at the Garrick Theatre. If you've listened to today's interview and are interested in booking tickets for Bonnie and Clyde, you could do so in our episode notes, in our links provided wherever you are streaming this episode. And that's all for this week. So thanks for tuning in. And until I hear from you next, I hope you're keeping safe and staying stagey. Goodbye. <laughs>